Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about female characters we simp for in anime. We might all be straight ladies here, but that doesn't mean that we do not simp after certain female characters because sometimes ugh, those female characters are amazing and we would just do anything for them and we admire them. And well, at least I do. I can't say for the other two. They'll say it when it comes to their <laughs> segment. So <laughs> with that being said, though, uh, this week it is my turn to go first. So I shall hop right into it. And it's perfect because... By me going first, the other two have to end the episode, so maybe you guys will forget about my embarrassing simping for these female characters. But We will remind okay. you through the memes. I will create memes as we go along <laughs> this podcast. I have no doubt about it, but at the same time, I have to be honest, I'm not really ashamed of simping for these female characters either, so it's a win-win for me, no matter what. Okay, that's true. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, the first thing, uh, the first character that I sim, well, actually, funnily enough, um, both of my characters that I chose for simping is actually relatively new. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I just didn't really simp for female characters as a teenager me. Teenager me was not understanding of that in the time. Teenager me just wanted hot anime guys to get together with other girls, and so I didn't really care about simping after female characters, but... Adult me is much better now and much more rounded and can actually do so something that is so correct in the world. But anywho, the first character I simp for is Maki from Jujutsu Kaisen because <laughs> I knew you would choose her or at least from Jujutsu, right? <laughs> okay, but like, can you blame me? She is so amazing. Like, how can you not simp for her? I mean, obviously, you guys don't have to simp yeah. for her. But, I mean, seriously. So, um, I, like, fell in love with her literally from her first appearance. Because usually, she immediately, like, seems to come off as the character, you know, the tough girl who doesn't care about people's feelings at all. And, you know, she just does what she wants, which is also cool. But it's a type of trope, you know, that we've seen before already all the time. And she certainly came off as that when she was, like, talking about how Megumi was very gloomy and stuff like that. But then I fell in love with her after her two other classmates were like, Maki, Maki, or Panda. Uh, but Panda was just like, Maki, they actually, like, lost a friend. They lost a classmate. And immediately she was like, why didn't you tell me that? I wouldn't say something like this if you just told me ahead of time. And I was like, ah, Yes. yes, she is a, you know, she is a bitch who is willing to do whatever she wants, but she also has a heart <laughs> and actually cares for people at the same time because I am tired of the cold bitch sort of trope. And so when they showed that scene where she was like, ah, like, why didn't you tell me that ahead of time? I was like, yes, that's it. I'm sold. I'm sold. She's perfect. She's perfect in every way. Also, Maki with glasses is so beautiful. Yeah, she's really hot. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love her profiles. Like, it sounds weird because I'm talking about her like a model. But whenever the anime just goes to her side profile, which is like from the side of her face, I think she's gorgeous from the way she's drawn. Like, oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. She's very sharp and angular looking from the design. So it's really appealing to oh, watch her. Oh, 
I see what you're saying about that. Yeah, and it fits well with her glasses as well, or the shape of her glasses. So, yes, shapes of glasses matters a lot to the face, uh, to your facial shapes. And Jujutsu Kaisen's author clearly knows what he's doing <laughs> in regards to her design. But, Absolutely. Oh, uh, she's just so cool. And then, um, and then I liked her. So I was kind of, so I wasn't like at Nobara's level because you know how Nobara loves her and basically says like he, she respects Maki more than anyone else and basically loves Maki the most but I hadn't reached that level yet per se I just thought she was really cool and I really liked her as a person or as a character already but then that episode came where we actually see her in action and oh my god is she such a hot badass <laughs> like yeah yeah she, she's hot I don't mind being at the other end of that sphere Pale queen. I'm, I'm that. I'm that. Like phrase on Twitter it was like, in this house we, you know, in this house we worship Maki. I'm like, yes, that's that's exactly what we do. <laughs> so- <laughs> Is there a Twitter handle like that? In this house we worship. Well, it's Maki? like it's like that symbol where you're like praying inside the house, like that emoji. That's that's usually what it's used for, mm. and that's me. That's that's me. I'm that person. That emoji. <laughs> so especially when it comes to Maki I think uh, and then it had like one of the funniest Gilligan cut in um in uh, Jujutsu Kaisen where we see Maki talk to her uh to Maki's or we we see Miwa talk to Maki's younger sister I forgot her name um but she was like really mean at the beginning and so we we find out she's dealing with some issues for obvious reasons but uh but basically uh when Miwa was like oh like you know is Maki strong and her twin sister was like what no Maki is a weakly and stuff like that and Miwa was all relieved because Miwa's really nice and so she's like oh thank goodness I don't have to fight someone strong you know I don't really like fighting you know sort of thing I'm just here to earn some money and then it just Gilligan cuts back to their fight and <laughs> And Milo was like, oh my gosh, like she is so strong. She's crazy strong. And I'm going to have to cuss in this case, but it's like, but one of the top comments to that episode was basically Milo figuring out, well, that was a fucking lie because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I just, I love her so much. And I think she's so powerful and she's so inspirational, honestly. The fact that when she, after she fought with her younger sister, her younger sister kind of has like a codependency issue. They're twins, not uh, identical twins, but fraternal twins. But her younger sister has an identity uh, codependency issue with her. And so when Maki decides to go against the family and do what she wants, um, it kind of left her younger sister in the dust. And so her younger sister felt really abandoned for that. And that's why they have, or from her side, there's animosity. But from Maki's side, it's actually pretty chill. And so basically, after they fight it out, as sisters do, because I mean, Isabel, you can correct us if I'm wrong, but I'm figuring siblings always fight it out at a certain point. And so, um, yeah. but after they fight it out, essentially, the younger sister finally asked Maki, like, why she just left and, like, you know, left the house and left the family just like that. And Maki was just like, well, because I want to do what I want to do and I'm going to chase after it. And that's all it is to it. And I'm like, what a queen. <laughs> like, you know, what an amazing character. She is beautiful. She is perfect. She is strong. Uh, I love her fighting styles because she uses a variety of different uh, martial arts, which, you know, Agnes probably had a little nerd out on. And she also, 
And she also uses a variety of different weapons, which makes sense because she doesn't actually have spiritual powers, powers per se, to fight against the evil, the curses or the evil spirits. And so, and I love that sort of, not, what's that, veracity? No, that's not the right word. Variety. Like, I love that variety in her fighting combat and her combat and her fighting style like yeah she will work with the spear and then she'll break the spear and use it as throwing daggers and then she'll steal a sword and use the katana to fight oh and then now she has nunchucks that she can fight with it's just all these different kind of variety and i just love it and i adore it and on top of that she just looks so gorgeous like god damn it why is she so gorgeous <laughs> and so <laughs> Anyway, I simp her. I simp her so much. And if you two disagree with me, I will have to fight. I'm sorry. Girl talk will have to be over because I cannot accept you not liking her. So. <laughs> no, I think this entire podcast uh, stands with Maki. So good. Good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> it is a threat. It is actually a threat. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Whew, I'm like tired now from my ranting. Like I'm heated up, but I'm also really tired, but I love her. My second choice that I picked is actually from an anime that's currently airing or the second part, but it's Dominique from Case Study of Bonitas. Have you two, or I know you've read the manga, Agnes, but have you seen the anime, Isabel? I haven't. I only watched like the first episode. I definitely didn't meet many of the characters, so this is new to me. Okay, got it. So... Dominique is also just gorgeous. Like, she's... Okay, how do I put it? Maki is hot, right? But Dominique is beautiful, is how I would put it. Do you agree with me, Agnes? Especially since you've read the manga. She can grind me to a paste underneath her boot. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Wow! Okay, I didn't know you also simped for her. Okay, great, great. I'm not alone. We have very similar tastes when it comes to men and female characters, Gracie, so I'm not surprised. Okay, great. Because, okay, first of all, her outfit is just gorgeous. Like, you know. She's the Ikemen. She plays the Ikemen role of the show. Yes, yes, like those shoulders and like her suit. Okay, women in suits are gorgeous. And. I'm saying that as someone who's worn suits because I, you know, I work in a business too and I have a day job and I'll wear a business suit and I can't, and sometimes like, you know, maybe call me vain for this, but sometimes I can't help but look at myself and be like, oh yeah, I look good in a suit and women in suits just look good. I don't know. Something about suits look good on people. Men and women both look really good Agreed. in suits. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Dominique wears a suit and she is tall and like has those shoulders. And then on top of that, she has like this sword or uh, is it a rapier? I um, It's like a it's like a lancing kind of sword that she fencing. It's like a fencing kind of sword that she will use that she'll pull out sometimes. And everything about that moment is just so magical to me. So when she like entered with her long hair and her suit and like her uh, fencing weapon and stuff like that. And like there's like roses and she also flirts with the, a lot of the female characters in the show as well. So I think she's by maybe it's not confirmed, obviously, but she does flirt a lot with the female characters. In fact, her first entrance was literally flirting with one of the female characters. So either way, she is just so gorgeous and she looks good in a suit and she looks good in a dress. And I just stand a character that can look good in both. You know what I mean? Because it's not easy being able to do that, you know, as like a woman, like my woes of clothes and styles. It's not easy being able to pull off gorgeous, like elegant dresses while also wearing like a full on suit. And she pulls it off so beautifully. 
My other thing I do like about her is I do really enjoy her personality. I think there's she's like really forward about herself, but also really cute in a way. And it comes off. So she's basically able to embody elegance, but also like sort of this like teasing, like dangerous sort of seductive way, especially when she like has Vanitas pinned like, gosh, that was really good. Are you getting steamy from just recalling that encounter? Oh my gosh, it was, I was, I was just like, it was it just me or is like the temperature kind of raising in this room right now when that scene happened? So like she can be, yeah, so it's like she can be really cute and funny. She can be really cool and then she can be seductive. Like she is a seductress just coming out of nowhere. And I just love a female character who's able to embody all of that because you know, they're attractive and they're admirable and everything about them hits the right notes. And I love Dominique. I am really sad, though, because we haven't really seen her as much. I think that we will eventually in the future. But I think because like in the first core, she's definitely a supporting character and she kind of like disappears after a while after like uh, Varitas gets rightfully kicked out of the vampire <laughs> dimension. And then um, and then she shows up for like a episode to she so shows up a episode to like spy after John, who's like trying to pull one over Vanitas, but obviously it doesn't work. And so, but then now in the second core, she's gone again. And I don't even really see her in the promotional art. So I don't even know she's going to be that heavily involved with this upcoming arc, which makes me really sad because I love seeing her on screen and I love her voice actress. I think her voice actress does such a good job of embodying her and who she is. And so, uh, yeah. So I simp for Dominique as well. And what about you, Agnes? What is it about Dominique that you like most about her? I, mm, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, is it spoilers? <laughs> no, 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 it's not spoilers. It's more of like, how much am I going to reveal myself on this podcast today oh, if we talk about okay. this? <laughs> well, um, all all the hands, what, what all cards are on the table? And, yeah, something like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good delivery. Um, I would say... It's just her very charismatic and commandeering personality that I'm really attracted to. Ah. So I'm really much fine with being her sub, essentially. <laughs> you and would, that can explain my preference pretty pretty well. You would point. call her Dominique Sama, you know? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far to lick the bottom of her foot, but I would be okay with being stepped on. <laughs> She has gorgeous boots, though, so Yeah, totally she does. <laughs> she has <it>. killer boots. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that's enough for me. Isabel, it's your turn. Bear your soul to the audience and to the people. <laughs> Don't be so mean. <laughs> Which female characters in anime do you simp for, and why do you simp for them? Okay, yeah. I feel like I don't have as much energy as you do, Gracie, <laughs> but your energy is, like, feeding off on me right now. <laughs> hey, yes! There you go! Let's do it's it! It's a trap! Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, yeah, I ch- also chose from Jujutsu. I actually really like Nobara. Oh, yes. Okay. We, stand, we stand JJK queens mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, honestly. So, I mean, Maki is also another character I like as well, but I chose Nobra in the end because of just her progression throughout the series. 
and how we meet her from like beginning to end. I think really what did it in for me, I became like a Nobara simp at the end of the series when you see that epic fight. I just never seen something like that where she's just so, I just love the fact that she's so confident and she's able to kind of adapt to any type of battle situation. I feel like, yeah, her battles are kind of overshadowed a little bit by the other males fighting and, you know, the bigger scenes. But I feel like her fights are so significant and the way that she treats herself and she kind of, she's like a little mocky too, right? Because she, I love how she, you know, like you <laughs> she said, like she like goes right mind. after her. Yeah, she like straight up just says, Maki, you're my senpai. That's it. I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to be like you. As you so. should, because Maki mm-hmm. is the best. Okay, continue. <laughs> 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 and the fact that she kind of is really true to herself and she is, she like evokes that individuality that you don't see much in maybe other characters or, you know, they're confident in themselves, but they don't straight out just say that and not only that she literally bends kind of like the gender stereotypes he in one of the fights uh, she says you know i don't care if it's you know for male or female i'm just gonna live kind of for myself and what i'm gonna do what's best for myself and i feel like that was just so strong and the other thing is you know how she also really likes on the funnier side kind of going shopping yes Mm -hmm. shopping sprees i'm like oh that's me too and she straight up just says i like being pretty and I like being a strong fighter, too. And the fact that she just says it right out, lets everyone say, okay, you take it as as you wish. And um, not only that, I felt like when she came into the series, I thought she was going to be kind of a side character or kind of like a Sakura type character, maybe. Um, Isn't that all our fears? Like, <laughs> That's yeah. all our fears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so scared of that. But yeah, she quickly proved me wrong. And then... Um, and not only that, the bond that she shares with Itadori is so funny to me. They become like the bros of the of the trio. Instead. Oh, they share one brain cell. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they do. <laughs> or more specifically, okay, in the trio of Jujutsu Kaisen, this is not my word. Someone did it. Someone said this, and they did it really good. But essentially, there's one brain cell amongst the trio, and Fushiguro has a tight grip around it, and sometimes <laughs> he will give it to Nobara for her to borrow for a bit, and then he gets it back. <laughs> so... I also like how Nobara is the epitome of pettiness, mm. which is really nice mm-hmm. to see, because sometimes we girls are, we can be nasty. Mm-hmm. We're not nasty. Yeah. <laughs> we can be bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, not only that, like, she, that also comes out when she's fighting people. She's not afraid to trash talk them if she needs to. Or Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. As an, just like an observation I just made, did you notice our captions are naturally like um, sensory or <laughs> bad words? Oh, dear. they are. I noticed uh, yeah, that. You too. know, it, it, this is fine. <laughs> we, we can change it later. I just think it's funny. That's all. Okay, continue. Sorry. I just noticed. <laughs> No, yeah, I feel like that's all I really have to say about her. I mean, like her, also her choice of weapon is different than, you know, traditional weapons such as a spear or sword. You know, she fights with a straw doll and a hammer. So that to me is something, I I don't really see that as something where you can fight like hand-to-hand combat. It's kind of more maybe like kind of mage type style where you kind of step back, but she straight up just throws doll and just smacks it like this is gonna work. I don't care, and she's not afraid of just you know meeting the opponent head on. So 
I haven't read the manga, but I'm like really excited to see, you know, if she has future arcs or anything like that. I would really love to see them and how she grows, even though she's grown so much already. And I feel like it would be really cool if she even had a fight together with Maki, really, or anyone from the school. Oh, she together. would love that. You know right? that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I really, really want to see out of that series. Um, but yeah, that is definitely my first choice there. What is your favorite fight? Because Nobara had some pretty insane fight. There's that one with uh, Momo, which is like that mm -hmm. pivotal scene where she was like, I like being strong and I like being pretty and no one can tell me what I should be as long as I'm the one happy. And then, which I found really inspirational, you know, as a woman <laughs> who's older than her. But um, there, then there's the other one where she was like playing a game of chicken with the curse and she was like reveling in it when she was like stabbing herself like which of those two did you like more yeah i yeah that second fight the second fight you mentioned there that last one just was my favorite um out of her i feel like the one with momo is really inspirational but i i don't know i didn't feel much of an impact or like i feel like she didn't show all of her powers and how she had to maybe trick the opponent or something like that and not only that, it wasn't it wasn't like her life was on the line, but now in that other fight, you know, her life was on the line. She she literally did everything she could. So at least that's how I felt about it. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And also, I like that you pointed out about the weapons because I didn't even think about that. But her weapons are pretty cruel and like not in a bad mm -hmm. way, but it's just like you don't usually like I feel like women usually get weapons that are very graceful, which is also cool. You know, I just talked about Dominique and fencing is a very graceful sort of like weaponry, but uh, and I loved it. But um, but for uh, Novara to literally use a hammer and a needle and like kind of basically doing voodooism with the straw yeah. and stuff like yeah. that's really creepy, like like hardcore cruelty sort of things and she's the one who gets that and so and i i think that's great so yeah okay so in that case um if that's your first pick then who do you have for your second pick yeah my second pick is uh something from an older series but it's coming back so i have to do it for rukia from bleach oh, oh yeah okay. i can see that yes the nostalgia yeah. kicks in mm-hmm I just, you know, I was looking through a list of, you know, who I could choose. And when I saw Rukia on the list, I'm like, yeah, I like Rukia. I would definitely want to be her friend or learn more from her. And she's so important to Bleach. Honestly, I think if Rukia wasn't there, Bleach would not be a thing. Ichigo would not be a thing. So I don't know. I just like her character as, ever since, like, I don't know when I started watching Bleach, but it's been so long. And when she starts off, you know, meeting Ichigo, she's kind of like a mentor to him more than a friend. And not, and usually when you have female characters, you know, with the male characters, sometimes they are, they act as a love interest. But this is definitely not the case for Rukia and Ichigo throughout the series. And you can see how Rukia is also super intelligent and really um, compassionate, especially when she basically gives in the first first episode i would just say she basically just gives up her shinigami powers to a high school boy she just met and tries to save you know his family so that just shows how much she like cares about humans and her job and her and the amount of respect she has for it and even after that just teaching ichigo how to become a shinigami and sticking with him throughout everything i felt was so important uh and at times sometimes she's like a rival to ichigo as well 
um, you know, Ichigo has all this power that he kind of borrowed from her. Oops. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, she like tries to get it back, really, and she also kind of uses other methods because she, you know, her spiritual power isn't as strong in any, as it anymore. So she uses other spells like Kido, for example, to try to bind enemies and stuff like that and help Ichigo out. And I feel like that she she sees how Ichigo grows and she grows herself throughout the series. And she has some really good arcs too, like kind of like her past and how she went into soul society and became a Shinigami and kind of fixing relationships too. I feel like her most important about part about her is how she maintains these relationships with not only Ichigo but literally everyone around him and everyone around her like I really like the friendship she has with Renji mm. mm-hmm. yeah right because then Renji they've been through so much together too so kind of having that childhood friend and even for her brother Byakuya who is kind of cold to her at first, but because of the bond that she has with Ichigo and the bond that she has with her brother and how she wants to present herself is so important and even changes his mindset. So she's capable of that. I feel like it's just underrated sometimes. Like, you kind of forget about it. Mm, um, but yeah, because, like, she mm-hmm. kind of doesn't do anything after that. <laughs> exactly. I, I Like, when she disappears, it makes me so sad. But, you know, I'm so focused on the male characters sometimes in Ichigo and what he's doing so i totally forget that ruki is there but when she comes back is nice too i'm excited to see her in the thousand year war arc because i think that's where she's going to like reveal i think her bankai that's where it was yeah it's definitely her bankai actually a lot of female characters from bleach reveal their bankai at that point too is this like one of the best arcs or something like that because a lot of people are hyped uh, debatable very debatable. debatable it's more like Tight Kubo learned some things and applied it, but at that point it was too late and a lot of the weird plot lines kind of converge and it's not a good converge. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, but people are people are still hopeful because it's like the first Bleach adaptation in a long, long time since the last one and they're hoping that at least it's animated well even if the plot is not that great. Because most people were pretty dissatisfied after the Thousand Years War anyway. Oh, from the manga. Yeah, most people are. No, most people don't like to talk about the ending of Bleach. Oh, I thought it was more because it derailed because of all the ship wars that was happening, which actually was one of my questions to you, Isabel, because I that know, too. like, you know, the whole Ichigo and Orihime versus like Ichigo and Rukia ship was a big thing. Like, did you never like participate in that per se, or like, you know, because you you seem to see like Rukia as like Ichigo's bro, you know. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I was a little bit confused because I was like, is is she really a love interest for him or not? I had that question when I was watching the show and reading the manga as well. But uh, in my mind, I just thought this can't happen, which is what I also thought when I watched the Fate series. But that's something else to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, we can talk about that. We can actually talk about that in this episode. <laughs> We can talk about that. <laughs> I have but, like, no idea what like you guys are referring to, but clearly it's a big deal because Agnes knows exactly what she's referring to. <laughs> no, well, we'll see. There's three heroines, so it's a it's a thirty third. It's 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 a one third of a chance, right? <laughs> That's true. It has one third of a chance. Yeah. <laughs> but to fill Gracie, and it's kind of like the same thing, basically, in Fate. 
there's Shiro, and then there's obviously Saber. Yes. And, you know, Saber is the reincarnation, like, you know, King Arthur, and she's a hero. But then they have this whole romantic love line together, and I'm like, this is impossible. Why does this happen? Impossible. I, I like, Wait, impossible. why is it impossible? <laughs> so, in the Fate universe, after you finish like the Holy Grail War and you quote unquote win, depending on whatever circumstance you are in the routes, if you win, all the existing servants will vanish anyway. They will return to basically the ether. Uh, I won't go into the specifics for fate because that's another topic for now. They disappear into the ether. They forget your their memories with you. So isn't that kind of like a setup for like a tragic romance sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, but it's really stupid. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, I also don't. Yeah. I also don't agree with that ship either. I don't like mm-hmm. that route. So <laughs> all righty, I'm gonna agree to with know. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Agnes, I know you have a lot of opinions about Bleach, oh, you know, no. just our <laughs> oh, short no. time together, I was picking some things up about you, and so oh, I'm kind no. of curious on your thoughts about Rukia, since <laughs> Isabel clearly loves her, so we gotta hear your thoughts for Rukia as a character. Uh, okay, well, Rukia I think is a fine character as she is, she just did not do well afterwards, mainly just tight Kubo, not focusing on her, but shifting the focus onto Orihime make her the tragic heroine. So it kind of derails a lot of the uh, plot and character development for Rukia, for sure. Okay, so it's more like what happened later that kind of had an effect on your opinions, I guess? Uh Yeah, more or less. She just kind of disappears and becomes a little bit more insignificant. And Ichigo still takes the forefront as the main character, but he does do all these like really insane like routes, like the hollows and things like that. Um when he gets like holification, Isabel. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like Rukia does not show up in that arc at all. Wait, and, like, really? Two arcs. Yeah, the holification arc with Shinji. Isn't yeah, that Rukia's a huge part- arc? <laughs> it's a huge arc, but mm-hmm. she's not part of it at all. Because the Soul Society's not involved in it. It's like this one off thing after Ichigo loses his Shinigami powers. And then he kind of like finds Shinji's group, and Shinji's group's like, "Yeah, we can kind of help you get back your Shinigami powers." Yeah, that that was definitely random. <laughs> yeah, Shinji's group is more of like they're because they're outcasts of the Soul Society, so you'll never see you practically never see Rukia maybe until like the very end. That must be awkward though, because she's always like penned like forefront in regards to characters like she's one of the main characters usually at least that's how they advertise her yeah yeah but she yeah they kind of just kind of drop off them soul society basically drops off the map at that point and then everyone just comes back together i think during thousands war thousands years arc Mm -hmm. but it that's debatable depending on how you see it and how you critique on tight kubo's writing so I guess did your because you you also briefly mentioned that uh, Isabel. So did your opinions on Rukia change when she like disappeared, or was it just that you missed her and you really wanted her back? Yeah, honestly, I just really missed her. I wanted her back, and I wondered whenever she was going to get her bankai because she really needs one because everyone in the show needs one. <laughs> um, yeah, but- they only briefly <laughs> showed the bankai in the Rukia kidnapping arc. Like, only for very few people had their bankais. And then afterwards, you go through the uh, the whole Huecomendo arc where there's basically no bankais that show up. It's just all mm-hmm. the um, the espadas showing off their powers. And then a couple arcs later, yeah, no one's really shown their bankai at that <laughs> point. 
This is all very confusing as someone who is not super duper into bleach and only dabbled in, in it. In so. general, Tight Kubo's pacing is kind of all over the place and you don't really get to see your favorite characters show up that often. Oh. Well, that's yeah. disappointing. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of expected for a long shonen series and especially since, you know, the, the focus sh like shifted to Ichigo a lot. So, yeah. I feel like Rukia is really important in the earlier chapter, like when you first, like if you start, where first start watching Bleach and learning about Soul Society and learning about how everything works. I think she's really important there, and she's also really funny because I feel like sometimes she acts uh, like an old mom or something, trying to be cool and hip in school. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a boomer. <laughs> she is, oh honestly. no. <laughs> She's a boomer. She's literally a boomer because she died. So she like died like what two hundred years ago before Ichigo's time. I have no idea the timeline, but she's definitely yeah, because she's older really old. <laughs> All of them are really old except Ichigo. Yeah, and yeah, I just also have to mention that her drawings are great. Her drawings of Soul Society and trying to explain everything to Ichigo are drawn with bunnies. So that's oh, why she's so always cute. A, oh, that's always so cute. <laughs> I mean, her drawings are like very crude bunny drawings. So every time Ichigo sees him, he's like, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. And she's like, this is Usagi-chan, this mascot that's super duper cute. And he's like, what? <laughs> I remember. Oh, I remember that so fondly now. Man, Isabel, you give me nostalgia vibes. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. When you, yeah, it's there. Hey, you forget about it, but it's definitely there. And the one of the best parts about Bleach is definitely the comedic moments that are thrown in, I feel like, too. That, yeah, the early mm -hmm. comedic moments are really good. I yeah. still have the, I think, the hard copy of the first volume. It's still really good. Oh my god, yes. Uh, yeah, the first volume is hands down the best. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Everything happens in the first volume. <laughs> so I am, so I guess, like, as someone who, like I said, wasn't really into Bleach, I will say, though, that Rukia is by far the character I hear about the most. So that's why it was so shocking to me that she kind of disappeared. Because to me, she's always there. Because people always talked about her. Which tells you how powerful her presence well, is. Also, it it's also like, what's the alternative? Orihime? Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other, the other person that you'll probably hear the most as a female character in Bleach would be like the, the cat lady. God, my, na my name. Oh, really. yeah. She, like, had yeah. a manly voice. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, she's probably by far, like, one of the sexier ones, but most memorable next to Rukia because we don't talk about Rohime. <laughs> Got it. Okay, well, in that case, it's your turn now, Agnes, because we have shared our characters we simp for, and we need to hear about yours, so take it away. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bear my soul to the audience. Good Lord Jesus. All right, let's go back to the fate topic. We talked about Saber. We talked about the mm -hmm. two of the heroines. I would say the female heroine that I simp the most for the longest time, actually, was Rin Tosaka from the second route of fate. Oh, okay, okay. Because I have a very soft spot for Cinderace. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Anytime Rin had a, like, in Fate, what they do is like they like to take, retake uh, character concepts and ideas from the original series and rehash them as new units in the game. Anytime a Rin unit comes up, I immediately just roll for her. <laughs> Like, no question about it. There's not a single banner that I did not skip to get to try to get a Rin unit out of. So, you like Sundere's like yourself, then? 
is what I'm getting. <laughs> uh, I think it's just very cute to see it from the outsider's perspective, and I'm like, oh man, you're really cute. But now that you say it that way, it sounds like incest, and I'm not very comfortable with that. <laughs> well, no, now you know why it's so fun for me to bully you. So. <laughs> Because you I want to leave this call now. I want to leave this call. I hate this. You don't want okay. the slander? <laughs> no, I want to hide from my own embarrassment and realization. <laughs> okay, but tell me more about Rin as someone who doesn't really, you know, understand the Fate series and will never get into it. Like, you know, like, give me specifics of, like, scenes that, you know, really sold you about her and stuff like that. <laughs> Rin has probably the most colorful personality out of the other two heroines, which is why I like her more than, uh, let's say, Sakura or Saber. Saber has a very flat personality of like, yes, I'll do my due diligence, but that's just about it. And she just kind of likes to eat food, but there's nothing really that stands out about her. And then Sakura is just a doormat, personally. Uh yeah, I can see her that way too. Yeah, does she yeah. have a huge fan base though? At least she has a huge fan base because it's it's people who go like, "Oh my gosh, the tragic heroine that I would die for," kind of thing. Oh, I see, I see. You did also yeah, make other like people Sakura, angry have, with your fate uh, opinions before, so <laughs> yes, they, yeah, they've a lot of them has disagreed with that. And I've actually talked to a lot of people. I'm just like, yeah, I don't like soccer for these reasons. And a lot of people have told me like, yeah, I understand your point because Sakura's entire route in the fate series is set up for tragedy for that specific reason. And not to talk about the grosser details of what happens in her route, but she's basically a plot device at that point. Mm, okay. And it's very concerning personally for me as somebody who enjoys the franchise or actively watches and plays in it, that there's a character that's debased like that. Granted, you know, this was... Uh, Sakura is a character that comes out of visual novels from the early 2000s where that trope is very relevant but at the same time it's not a character that we should be evaluating our standards over at this point anymore Okay, which is why I didn't watch the Heavens Feels movies <laughs> wow okay. I, I think so the guys will have a bone to pick with you on that <laughs> I don't like Sakura and I don't want to watch Tragedy that makes sense. Because Sakura's story is very tragic, and I don't want that to befall on any woman who watches it. Yeah, I have. I, I think I know what you're talking about in yeah, regards to so what I'm happens. just like, yeah. yeah I, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't appreciate that happening to Sakura for a character or any characters in that sense as this mere plot device. It feels very debasal. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Sakura. I hope she. I mean, she gets better treatment in other games and visuals and things like that. So that's great. I'm just not a fan of her route in the Fate series, which is why she's not. The girl I simp for. Rin is the one that I simp for because Rin has more autonomy out of all of the three characters in the Fate series that sh that Shiro interacts with and has active ro romantic relationships with. Uh, Rin is actually somebody who's like comes from a very prominent family, so she has a very ohohoho ojo-sama kind of vibe. Ah, okay. But in the in the visual novel and also in the anime, at least in Unlimited Blade Works, it shows that even though she has a very ohoho ojo-sama vibe, she actually is not ostracized from the students. She's actually very much friends with a lot of the students and is actually very normal with them. Yeah, that's true. She that. may have like that grace and that epitome of looking some of somebody who is from a rich class, but she doesn't devalue the people who are around her. Like especially like the archery club that she is friends with or other people that she knows across campus. 
And they're all very fine with her. I think in the visual novel, the first time that you play her route, she actually has a very friendly banter with the captain of the archery club. So it really shows like she's not this kind of like Sundare on a on a queen on a princess on a pedestal kind of thing. She's still human. So it really makes me it really it sorry. I really like that about her is that she's still human at the end of the day. Is she just like uh so is she a human character because I know there's the whole yes. thing okay. Uh so most of the the most of the masters that are in the fate series the ones that summon all the spirits and stuff they're mostly all human. Uh Rin comes from a family of mages that's very old and so that's why she has the whole Ojosama vibe. Oh, I see. And and that's why she's involved with the plot as well. Okay. Again. Yes, that's why she's involved with the She is actually responsible for Shiro's involvement in the Holy Grail War because at one point, um, her servant had encountered another servant that had infiltrated the campus. And so while her two servants were, were like fighting it out, Shiro was basically caught in the crossfire and died. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. okay. And so Rin <laughs> actually used her abilities... Um, her magic, her magecraft to basically revive him. Oh, yeah. Okay. She, That's she... why she's very important. Like, if you if you take Rin out of the fate plot, Shiro would have not fought in any of the wars. Yeah, like, she plays an active role in Yeah, she case. plays a very, very active role in that. And then she also plays a lot of a very active role in a lot of the other two plots as well because she's also the one who, the first master who teams up with Shiro. And gives him like the finer points of the Holy Grail War, and she's also involved heavily at the end of Sakura's plot as well. All right, well, but overall, she's a very cute Sundare. Um, has very beautiful magic. She uses a lot of glittering uh, jewels. It's really nice to watch. Um, and I don't know, I, she's just very cute. <laughs> I love that about her. <laughs> well, like I said, I love women who can do all kinds of things, like Dominique. So you know. You know, Rin sounds like she's filling in a lot of boxes. So I say, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not, right? I'm going to get flamed for Sakura. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You've already had a lot of unpopular opinions. I don't think one more is going to do anything to you at this point. So. Yeah, at this, at this point, we've become a, a very controversial podcast, to say the least, in whatever terms you want. So, All right. So um, what's your second pick then, since that's your first? Uh, okay, we're gonna go down the line because I technically have three lines. Wow. Up, so, okay. we're, so we're going down the, the, the scale of like how degenerate is Agnes going to be as we go down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so the second person that I'm going to simp for is actually from a very recent anime, and I talked about this before, is uh, Marin Kitagawa from uh, My Dress Up Darling. Oh, okay. Why am I not yeah, surprised? Because yeah, 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 <laughs> I've discussed this already. But uh, to Isabel, um, I mean, you've already watched the anime, right? Or at least yeah. the manga? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't have to elaborate any further. Kitagawa is hot. She's very hot. <laughs> Marine is very hot. Um, the way that she's dressed up in her bikini and the way that the anime moves around her, like camera angles, boob jiggly physics, whatever you want it. She's very appealing. She's very bright and bubbly too. So it it adds to the appeal of like, man, yeah, I would do anything for you. I would be like Wakana. I know I'm horny, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's 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 basically my summary of Marine. 
I watched that episode and I was like, that scene is so long and I had so many problems with the boob mechanics. I was like, this, this is even accurate. I kind of got mad at it, but I also was like, <laughs> I guess so, right? <laughs> Why not? I think, I have to say though, I think their boobs mechanic, I can't believe we're talking about this now, but <laughs> I mean, or it should be because, you know, there are no, you know, this is a safe space for all three of us, but I feel like the boob mechanics are actually more accurate than what I've usually seen in anime, so I didn't really True. mind. So, um, like for example, the way her the way her boob shapes are, it's not like naturally perking up because she's not wearing a push up bra. You can tell from the shape that it like kind of you know goes a little lower in direction because that's how boobs are for everyone who's listening they tend to go lower because they're heavy and so even even the ones that are small will go lower because once again they're fat they are literally blobs of fat so um so i felt like that was a kind of attention to detail i wasn't expecting and um and maybe my my bar is just too low but you know they're not bouncing at separate points they're all bouncing at the same time (laughs) (laughs) it's like how makana is forced to ask like how do you measure from nipple to nipple and they're consistent Yeah, so, um, but I, I guess, like, so you didn't like the fan service, huh, <laughs> Isabel? Not so much. I, I think, I just, I just think it went way too long, but, yeah. That's true, it did go, it did pr- go pretty long. I will have to say, though, that aside from that particular episode, because I did read the manga, too, Martin mm-hmm. is, like, so cute in the way that she's so honest and very earnest about a lot of the things that she does, and that she's not, a, she's not abashed to say anything out of the ordinary too like for example like in the first episode of the anime when there's a guy hitting on her at the salon with her friends mm, and yeah. he he kind of goes like oh my gosh is that like an anime trinket on your on your tote bag oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she says yeah what of it and she like challenges him and i'm like "Ooh, yes sister sign me up <laughs> if i was that if i had that amount of confidence as her when i was in high school I don't think I would have had as many problems as I do today talking about me being a weeb or an otaku because she's so unabashed about it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I think that's something that we can all sort of, we can all sort of relate to. I mean, I don't know, Isabel, if you do, but at least I definitely do to that, uh, to the part of like having to hide that part of yourself and not really talking about it because you're a little embarrassed and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I kind of put it all over the place where I could on my binders and everything. So I was kind of, I was kind of like her in the sense I feel Isabel like, is mine! Go off, Isabel. Man, I would have loved to be your friend when I was in high school. But, yeah, uh, but like none of my friends really watched this, so it didn't really matter. Like if I show them a drawing or something, they're like, oh, that's that's cool. And I'm like, okay. Oh my okay. gosh, wait, you are mudding to go. Thanks. I like guess. all of her friends don't really care about her. So is this the sign that we need to start simping for Isabel? We're simping no, for you now, Isabel. No, 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 no. <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> Didn't someone in the comments say that they really liked Isabel's voice? Oh yeah, we got okay. a really nice comment. They said that they sent for you, Isabel, your voice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, Isabel's the next Marin Kitagawa. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so if that's your second one in regards to degeneracy, because you are horny for her, so what's your third that you have down the line? <laughs> <sighs> okay. This one is going to be from a very old show, a very old movie, actually. And it's going to be uh, Captain Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell. 
Oh, okay. Because that woman can step on me and throw me around like I'm a ragdoll, and I would be like, yes, do it harder. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you, know, you know that one scene in Ghost of the Shell? I don't, I don't remember if it was uh, the TV series or if it was Sack or if it was the actual movie, but there's a scene where I think she throws one of the, her teammates like she's like sparring with them and everyone else is kind of like, haha, Lamau, you're never going to win against, I, she's not captain, sorry, she's the major, you're never going to win against the major. And then the moment he's thrown down from her and she kind of stands over him, like kind of proud of herself that she defeated him, he, he looked like he was kind of starstruck for a moment. I'm like, yeah, I would be too, <laughs> especially from that angle. You know, for all the tough exterior Agnes has, she sure likes to get thrown around a lot by characters, huh, Agnes? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to even deny anymore yes i do (laughs) if you can give me a good like aikido or judo throw i would be like yeah i respect you this is just a sign that agnes would willingly fight maki and let maki like well i mean maki would win but she would let maki win either way (laughs) absolutely i don't even deny that Or or even Nobara. You know how Nobara takes down Mai with like that uh, kind of like a suplex and being like, "Give me your pretty clothes." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Being, I wouldn't mind being suplexed by by her either. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, I do think the major is beautiful. She's gorgeous for a cyborg. Yeah, and I think also her being a cyborg was is sort of like part of the allure. Like, did you feel that way at least? That she was, like, mechanical or... Yeah, like, something about that was alluring. I don't know. At least for me, it was, so... I definitely thought that she was very alluring in the first part of the movie where it shows the whole sequence of creating the model Mm. for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely was, like, mesmerized. I'm like, wow, this is actually very beautiful. But then as I watched more of the movie and more of Sack, I was like, I like the Major more as a character rather than her aesthetic. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, her aesthetic is very hot, like, the way that she wears, like, that really skimpy leotard. <laughs> with a with a jean jacket, I'm like, you know, that's not very practical, but it's kind of hot on her. I agree, but over time, I liked her character a lot more. Yeah, which makes sense because that was actually a theme of the story itself. You know, with her cyborg body, it gave her issues with her identity, and you know, I mean, Ghost in the Shell is very, very thematically strong, so it would take a whole episode just to like break everything down. But that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was just wondering because that was definitely the thing for me when I first watched it. It was like, the creation of the model of her body and stuff, I was like, this is so, like, something about it is just so mesmerizing. Blah, blah. Mesmerizing. <laughs> Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So, it sounds like we are done simping over our female characters. Did that feel great, ladies? At least I feel great and energetic. <laughs> <laughs> I I have let go many of my sins. I am now at peace. <laughs> You're now at peace. You sound like you're dying, which, you know, (laughs) are you dying? Because the last time we left off, you know, you left us on a pretty big cliffhanger and it sounds like... Oh, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Yep, so you gotta tell us. (laughs) Yeah, so I I woke up with, like, no memories of what transpired and my brain was really foggy. I was like, where am I? And when the last time that I told you guys, I think I ended up in a really empty part of a monastery. And so to go off with that, I don't have any recollection of how I came here. Um, but from outside, I could smell lavender from the fields wafting in through some open door or window, I guess. I didn't really register at the time, like, I need to get out. But I could just smell it around me. And I thought to myself, wow, this is 
very interesting. I don't know of any monasteries that are near lavenders, but in retrospect, now that I look it up, there are a lot of lavender beds in the Provence region of France. So I thought to myself, okay, maybe maybe I was still in Provence, or, you know, in retrospect, after I did some research and looked it up. Uh, but let's talk about the monastery because this is the really creepy part. Uh, it's really You sound dark. so excited. <laughs> 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 Yeah. You know, I, I've always said, uh, maybe maybe I didn't say this on my channel, but most of my friends know that I am a fan of horror games oh, in yes. general. Mm -hmm. So this, although I don't like entering horror houses because it's more of the, that my own personal thing of like, if you willingly put yourself in there, that's your responsibility to get out. And I didn't want to do that. But whether you're in the situation yourself, you're just kind of like mesmerized and you're like, oh, well, just give it a shot, I guess. <laughs> I was forced here, I guess. I don't remember being here. So... In the monastery, it's dark and it's drab. And in the midst of it smelling heavily of lavender, you can smell a bit of smoke in the air and a faint metallic smell as well. And as I look and I try to look around me for like a light source, it's very dark, so I can't really see much. But my eyes kind of slightly adjust and I can see that there's some like mysterious smudges on the wall. And if I lean over to smell it, it has that metallic scent. So it's what I assumed was maybe blood. And, but it doesn't seem like there's a presence around me, per se. I'm very confused at that point. So I just kind of keep wandering because it's just a single corridor of a, of a hallway. And as I'm walking forward, because there's no doors or windows to turn to, I can hear this faint baseline riff in the distance and some kind of singing. But it sounds very wispy, like a ghost. Um, and me being really stupid and me liking horror games, but also because there's no windows or doorways out, I end up just kind of walking towards there. And then that's all I remember for now. You know, my brain is still kind of foggy, so it's hard to, for me to recollect all of these things coming at once. So I guess we'll just have to end the episode there as I walk off into the distance to some ghostly whisper that... <laughs> I don't even know there. what it is. My bet is that you're going to find Gengar and Haunter and you've discovered real Pokemon. So I discovered Pokemon in a lavender monastery. In France. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for, you know, joining us and listening to us sip about our female, our favorite female characters. I hope you have uh, you agree with our picks or maybe if you don't share with what you have and you know agnes we do she does need a break you know she was gone last week so we gotta let her fully recover before she can tell us the rest of the story so mm -hmm. i hope you will all be with us next time bye everyone bye, bye, -bye.